Welcome to the Brandon Bloom Podcast, the place to be to learn how to grow your business's visibility online organically. I'm your host, Liz Fleming. Let's dive right into this new episode. Hey, Bloomers, welcome back to the Brandon Bloom Podcast. So stoked for this week's guest. I have Miss Meg Casebolt. She has been helping female business owners create beautiful, search-friendly websites and strategic content for the past seven years. She's your no BS bestie who makes it super easy for your dream customers to find and adore you, you online, resulting in effortless web traffic, consistent customers, soaring profit, and so much more free time and sanity. Meg, please drop your wisdom on us because we could all use more of that. Free time. Talking about more sanity. Oh my God, right? Oh, <laughs> this year. God. This year has been a true doozy. And I'm so excited that we're talking because SEO is a foreign concept to so many. It's so important, but it's not as glamorous as branding and graphic design and marketing and all that stuff, but it plays probably the biggest role in business growth, especially organic business growth, which is why I'm super excited to talk to you. So I guess let's just start right at the bottom. What is SEO for those of us who don't know? <laughs> I know I know, but those listening are probably like, what in the hell? Sure. So, uh, so SEO, this is hopefully the nerdiest I'm going to get on you here. And then we're just going to have conversations <laughs> with real life applications. SEO stands for search engine optimization, which is just a fancy way of saying, figuring out how to get your website to show up on Google, Bing, Yahoo, which are kind of the three most best known search engines, but also like YouTube is a search engine. Pinterest is a search engine. And all of those can help you get found by new audiences and drive traffic to your website. Um, so that's really what SEO is. It's figuring out what do you want to get found for, which is why we're talking about it in the context of branding. Um, what do you want to get found for? By whom? And what are you selling? And how do you get people to find you in Google search results? Mm -hmm. And I think this year in particular, we've sort of realized how essential this can be because some of us were running in-person businesses and we can't go to networking events or running brick and mortar stores that we can't have people in. Uh, um, but people are still going to Google, right? Like mm, they're always, always going to be looking for you. So if you can get to show up in those search results, then you can get more consistent traffic without needing to be constantly out pushing yourself and promoting yourself. Yes. And once it kind of takes on a life of its own, it's, it's really just on autopilot, right? And then you're, you're just kind of tailoring things as you move along and just keeping tabs on stuff, but getting set up so that your, your website, well, not just your website, but your overall online presence is SEO friendly is just so important. And this is, SEO is kind of something that I stumbled upon when I was in college and I was trying to get hired for you know, jobs in the corporate world. I like was dying to work at a PR firm. Like that was my dream. And so as I was creating my own website and my own portfolio, I randomly one day just like Googled my name. And I was like, I wonder like what's coming up for me. And nothing really came up. And then that's where I had my moment. And I, you know, at the time had an internship with an SEO God, if you will, <laughs> Gaylord <laughs> Duwald of Thought Fawcett. Um, and he really was the first one to introduce me to this concept, but it's really incredible. So would you want to give us some ideas for ways that not just our names, but our businesses can show up in those Google searches? Absolutely. So I think you, you started from a really good point, which is, 
what do what even shows up when you do google your name or your business name mm -hmm. does your website show up first does your facebook business page show up first does your youtube channel show up first you know what actually does google think is the most important piece of information about you or maybe it's your resume or maybe it's something that you wrote in the college newspaper and that's outranking you you know so one big part of of seo is called reputation management it's making sure that when you, when someone Googles you, what shows up is what you want Favorable. them to see. Yeah. <laughs> like there are a lot of SEO lawsuits out there about like, can you just please take down my mugshot because I'm yeah. trying to get a job. Right? Oh my God. Can I just segue really fast? When I got married and had to change my name, it totally effed up like my personal brand SEO. And my name, it was Elizabeth Morosky. So it was like super uncommon. So I had really awesome search results. And then I changed my name to Fleming, which is super common. And when I did that Google search again, like the first thing that came up was like a super old obituary. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I need to start all over. But they're I'm not dead. I'm not yeah. dead. <laughs> My name isn't even spelt with a Z, okay? Like after years of work, you realize like, whoa. But the silver lining of that was like, by then I had already been blogging and creating content for a while. I know I'd taken like, I definitely bought one of your courses. We'd been connected for a bit. Um, and like I knew for little things to look out for, um, which I would love for you to kind of share with our audience. We have a lot of people who blog and do video and you know, there's social media now. So like one of the most fascinating things to me with SEO is like everything down to like what you save your photos as is important, right? In terms of keywords. Yes. But I don't want you to panic if you're hearing that. <laughs> I'm panicking. Like, why am I asking this question? All right, so let's let's take a step back from everything down to your file names. Let's think of it this way. Um Google has these like robots that look at everything on the internet. They just kind of like crawl around and take a look at things that have changed. Mm -hmm. And Google's robots can't look at images, they can't watch videos, they can't listen to podcasts. What they can do is read code. And so if you have specific words on your website about these are the things that you, these are the services that you provide. These are the people in the audience that you want to serve. These are the problems that you solve. Then Google can pick up that information. And if somebody then says like, I'm having trouble losing weight, then they can be directed to a website where somebody can help them lose weight. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. So thinking through, let's, let's even just like even take our websites out of it, but in your own messaging, what are the things that people would be looking for? Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when people are just getting started, they're trying so hard to be clever and they'll say things like, I'm a word slinger. <laughs> like I'm a blog writer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And like, if you get super clever about the choices that you make about how you explain what you do about the ways that you help people, um, Sometimes people can get a little confused by that. Sometimes Google can get a little confused by that. Now, that doesn't mean you have to strip your personality out of your website or out of your content, um, but it does mean you have to be clear in specific places. So you can still have a lot of playfulness in your content and in your personal brand, um, mm -hmm. but there are specific places on your website that you should be clear. So I, you know, you guys heard during my intro, I call myself like 
a, a SEO bestie, right? Because, and I also say like, I'll be the Ann Perkins to your lovely <laughs> nope, and I'll be oh. the Willow to your Buffy, you know? And I kind of like am able to infuse some of this in there in the actual body copy of my website. But then I can also be really clear in my headlines and say, I will help you get found on Google. Yes, I love <laughs> I that. I have women-owned businesses with XYZ. I solve these problems. I have these outcomes. And then in the body text, we can have a little bit more fun. Mm -hmm. Or um, when you think about what, when people go to Google, what is the information that actually shows up in the Google search engine results page? Um, it's that stuff that you forget when you make the website because you're like, yeah. oh, I finally hit publish. Yeah. And you're so deep. You've been thinking about the same thing over and over. You probably spent like five weeks writing your bio and then right. you put and it up got... and you're like, this sounds terrible. <laughs> you're like, I just got this picture to fit at 10 APX yeah. and I like also made sure that all of my hex codes are exactly the same. And we spend all this time tweaking like the design and the copy and that's all important. But then we forget to go to either scroll down to Yoast or to go into our page settings and mm -hmm. re our SEO titles. <laughs> yes. Optimize people. Optimize. So if there's one thing that I can encourage you to do today, one thing that you can do right now that will make a huge difference, um, is I want you to go in and change the page title on your page. If you're in WordPress, you'll need a plugin for it, like Yoast or All-in-One SEO um, or Rank Bath. And if you're on Squarespace or Wix or something like that, you'll have to go into your page, page settings. But go in and change the name of your page as it shows up in Google search results to not just be the word home. Interesting. Please. So what would it be? Just our, our website name? Um, what I like to recommend here is that you include either what is the service that you provide. If oh my God, are, I need to take notes. People. <laughs> if you live in a specific place and you help people in a specific location, make sure to include that in your homepage and your about page titles, um, the audience that you serve. And, you know, the, obviously we have a very short amount of space that we can fit in here. You have about yeah. give or take 67 characters. So like my SEO title is, um, I'm going to make this up guys. So don't quote <laughs> me on this, but it's like SEO training and support for women owned businesses. Yeah. Super it's not specific. just my name. It's not yeah. just my business name. It's not just home. Mm -hmm. It's here's what I do. Here's who I do it for. So, and then, and then making yeah. little adjustments in different places. So that's the the title on my homepage, but then on my about page, it's like about Meg Casebolt, SEO strategist, right? right like, right. and, and making sure that each page and think of it this way, every single piece of content that you produce, your homepage, your about page, a video, a, a blog post, an infographic, a portfolio piece, a sales page, those can all be found for different words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every single page on your website. Yeah. And it's for me, like when I first started, when I was finally out on my own, like I didn't really know who I wanted to work with. Like I kind of did. I, I really leaned towards like startups and females and all of that jazz. But once I got more specific there, like choosing my keywords became easier. And I yes. stopped, I stopped using like fancy industry jargon and was just like what you just said, like I am a marketing mentor for female 
small business owners or something. And it opens up this whole new realm of opportunity in terms of SEO for sure. Yes. And I want to, I want to kind of emphasize two things that you said there. One is the more specific you get, the easier it is to figure out what to talk about. And I think that's absolutely true. I think that especially when we're starting our businesses, we want to be the every woman and we want to, you know, never say no to an opportunity that lands in our lap and that's okay. But as you're starting to work with more people or have more business experiences, start to notice some threads between your favorite clients. Maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I both love to work with women. Yeah. I like to work with women service providers specifically or people who are selling digital courses, Um, you know, that kind of side of things in the entrepreneurial space. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who works in SEO who likes to work with tech companies, you know, and so our messaging is very different and we want to be found for different things, even though we're providing the same service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I know like knowing your customer avatar and your audience is huge for keyword selection, but what else plays a role in that? Like, I just have so much trouble picking keywords sometimes. Like, I mean, I use some industry words and then I I, was just going to say like whether or not to use industry words is a factor. So you, you know, you just said you, as you were working towards being a marketing mentor for women entrepreneurs, you wanted to simplify, you wanted Mm -hmm. to use the words that they're using. Right. Because you want to connect with them. You want to be found by them. They might not be worried about their email open rates or their monthly recurring revenue or these kinds of things. Right. But there are people out there who maybe aren't your ideal client, Liz, who are looking for email open rates and monthly recurring revenue and decreasing churn and all of these things. And that doesn't mean you couldn't serve them. It just means that's not how your ideal client talks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's how someone else's ideal client talks. So they should be writing about how to decrease your churn rate and how to do yeah. all of these <laughs> different things, right? So it's not that some keywords are good and some keywords are bad. And really quickly, I should define that a keyword is any phrase that people search for. It doesn't have to be one word. It can be 50 words long. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind oh, of a misnomer. Um, but the more targeted and specific you can get about this is the thing that this is the pain point that my ideal client has. This is the reason that this person would be going to Google in the first place. And these are the words that my person would use. The more specific you can get in that way, the more likely you are to get the right people to your website. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. And so I I have to ask the hard question. Um, So does that mean that we have to create more content for Google and Pinterest and those search engines to see us? Or do we have to create better content or both (laughs) or neither? (laughs) If I have a choice, it's better content. Okay. Definitely quality over quantity. There was a time historically, probably 15 to 20 years ago where blogging daily was enough. Mm -hmm. And the more you created, the more things you could show up for. Uh, Google's really made a shift in the past. I'm going to say like five to eight years to really be more focused on expertise and authority and trustworthiness instead of it just being about just massive volume. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the, it's kind of industry by industry and keyword by keyword, but it's like a good best practice. The, the keyword or the, the blog posts that are showing up most likely in the top 10 search results are around 2000 words. Yeah. That doesn't mean that a 500 word article can't rank if it answers the question, but Google really likes people to 
go deep. So I'd rather see people write one 2000 word blog post than four or 500 word blog posts. Okay. That makes me feel better. And I know it will for a lot of my listeners too, because as solopreneurs, there's only so much content we can publish on our own. And so I settled with myself last year. I was like killing myself trying to do multiple blog posts a week and like repurpose them and edit the SEO. And I was like, these are only like 500 to a thousand words a pop. What if I transitioned to like three, at least 3000 words a pop on my blog and I scaled back a bit and then I pinned that stuff and I focused on the, the quality versus the quantity and it totally shifted, you know, I mean, A, my psyche, I was no longer going crazy, but B, just like my reach, it was, it was more of what I needed. It was that quality element that really played a role. So that was, I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that. That makes my I don't, happy. I don't want people to go, oh my God, 3000 words. I've got to possibly write that either. Yeah. Right. But the, the thing that I want you to think about instead of a word count, because that's a little bit arbitrary. We're kind of just like throwing numbers at the wall yeah. it's different <laughs> for every industry is I want you to think about going deep before you go wide. Ooh. Okay. How so? Um, if you are, Give me like a, an industry that people often work with, work in who are listening Ouch. to this podcast. Um, and don't and, hurt yourself. I just <laughs> like, like slam up into something. <laughs> That's a I really hard question. <laughs> nailed my knee on my desk oh. and tried to play it cool. Um, okay, so an industry that people don't often know, you said? No, like people who are listening to this. Are, do you have a lot of virtual assistants or um, copywriters or health coaches? Like, I have a lot, of, um, a lot of product makers, like artists and um stuff like that jewelry designers um yeah like multimedia artists woodworkers um stuff like that i know makers is really a big one of mine okay so let's say that you are um a woodworker i'll just take one of one of them for fun yeah um and you feel like i really want to get found on google and on etsy because Etsy is also Ooh. a search engine. Uh, I didn't know you were working with makers or I would have put that in my original list. Um, <laughs> I don't specialize in Etsy or Amazon, which are two kind of e-commerce specific search engines where instead of driving traffic to your website, they are a place that, like a, a standalone marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, but thinking about some of these same things that we're talking about, using the words that people are looking for in your product descriptions on Etsy or on Amazon or on Creative Market or on Redbubble or anywhere that you can be selling your products, a lot of these same rules apply. Okay. Now, my goal and the people that I work with would have their own Shopify store or WooCommerce store so that mm. you can have more control over um, every aspect of that experience. And now I'm kind of going off on a tangent. So bring me back <laughs> in a minute. But I feel like now I need to say this since we're going kind of into this, this um, SEO of marketplaces. Um, you can absolutely tap into an existing marketplace, whether it's Etsy, Amazon, wherever. You can tap into their existing audience, but it does come at a cost. Okay. Right? If you're paying Etsy fees or if you have to follow Amazon's guidelines and you don't necessarily get those people on your email list because of the rules, because Amazon's the king so they can make all the rules, you can still make really freaking good money on these platforms. Interesting. But Think about the fact that I think it was about four years ago, Etsy got sold or they went, no, they went public, they changed their CEO and they changed their rules. And people who were making tens of thousands of dollars a month, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on Etsy, the algorithm changed. Mm -hmm. And so 
I worked with a lot of people around that time to not necessarily move off of Etsy, but take the pressure off of Etsy and have some of that Google traffic go to their Shopify store instead of their Etsy store. Interesting. And like I was saying, some of the same rules can apply to both places. So if you are a woodworker and you're creating a, a cutting board out of cedar, I'm like making up things here. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> Then do a little bit of keyword research. There are a lot of free tools available, such as like Google Trends is a free one. Google Keyword Planner. Google will actually give you the information about what people are looking for for free. Mm -hmm. um, go in and see if people are looking for cedar cutting boards or if they're looking for cedar kitchen boards or what are what are the words that people are actually using to search for the products that you are creating so now really quick um when it comes to research how helpful is it to use hashtags like to like when i'm in instagram if i'm looking for you know hashtags that my customers would use i'm typing them in and instagram will oftentimes auto populate them does that mean that I should use them or use them as a research tool? Or are you like, God, no, stay away from the tags? I don't give. <laughs> you don't give a freak. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm, as the SEO person, okay. hashtags aren't really part of that. I didn't know really. if those, yeah, I wasn't sure if they played any kind of role. Hashtags so are much more prominent on social media, on um, Instagram and Twitter. And sometimes things can go into trending and people will write article about specific hashtags or things like that, but it's really gotcha. not as prominent. But the idea is the same. Right. Okay. Like okay. if you're doing hashtag research and you're taking a look at how many people are using those specific terms on whether it's Instagram or Twitter or whatever that is, you can get an idea for how are people talking. Got it. Yeah. You can take some of those same ideas. There's another free tool called Answer the Public where you can go in and type in something like woodworking or mm -hmm. multimedia art or, you know, landscape paintings. And you can see what are the things that people are actually searching for in Google search results. And it will organize them by like, when people say, having have the word what in it, and it can be what is woodworking or what wood do people use in it? And then another one that's like, how, how do they do the woodworking or where can I buy gotcha. it? And kind of just like organizing it by different questions and prepositions and stuff. Cool. So just becoming aware of the ways that people are talking about what we want to sell them can make such a huge difference in the way yeah. that you talk to your audience by using their own words back at them. Yeah. And that's a tip I've given to a lot of um, my Bloom Crew members. And I have a men marketing mentorship membership platform and, you know, content creation comes up a lot because they're like, I'm running out of things to say. And I'm like, man, you just need to like hit Google and see what people are searching for. Tell me if I'm wrong. But one of my favorite things to do is like, go into Google and start typing something and then it'll like auto, whatever that's called. Auto like, complete. Yep. Yeah. It auto completes it. And it gives you that list before you even hit enter. And I'm like, Oh man, there's like 10 blog post ideas, you know? And there's do, always like, you know what you should do is, topics. um, type in one word and then just do alphabet soup. Oh my God. That and would be like a whole day for me of nerding out. I would love that. That's a great idea. I'm always doing like really like how to, 
blank blank or you know and then letting it auto populate or auto complete but yeah so I do you one can word... even do like um instagram a instagram b instagram c instagram d oh, and see what shows gotcha. up um <laughs> and then if you see anything in there that is uh that's like interesting to you you can go down that rabbit hole and you can click on the google search results and have it say like people also ask or related searches and that can give you even more content ideas and gotcha. if you want to really geek out so those of you who don't want to do this, don't uh, go yeah. it. There's a, a tool that's very cheap. It's like three bucks a month called Keywords Everywhere. And it's keywordseverywhere.com. And if you are doing that kind of Google autocomplete in that little bar, it will actually show you, here's the number of searches of this term every month. Wow. Okay. And your Google I'm going to have to jump results. on that. Yeah, or right in, if you're in Amazon, it'll tell you, it'll overlay over your Amazon interface and say, here's how many people are searching for this on Amazon. So you can get that information while you're just kind of browsing around and become more familiar with the things that are popular or the things that are competitive. It will also mm -hmm. say to you, when people are running advertisements, here's how much they're paying for these terms, right? Like you can kind of get mm -hmm. an idea of what the search landscape is for anything that you're searching for or anything that you're testing out for pennies you know yeah. the keywords everywhere is like a thousand searches for a dollar or something wow yeah so it's all about you guys gathering information and then using that information to create your overall presence right and like that good quality content and how those keywords influence all of what you're doing right is that yes. a good way to and, summarize it? Yeah, and I think sometimes, you know, the the sales plan drives the keywords. Mm -hmm. You're like, I want to sell this service or I want to sell this product, so let me go figure out what people are looking for. And then sometimes the keywords can drive the content where you say, gotcha. oh, I didn't even think about this. It can be a really good source. If you approach it with like curiosity instead of mm. obligation, it can be a yeah. really nice place to like get some idea generation and to get to know your industry and to explore and mm -hmm. see kind of what people are curious about, especially because so many of us, like we've been in our industries and running our businesses for so long that we forget the basics of what people are curious about. Yeah. And we're missing out on a huge population of people who just aren't as familiar with our industries as we are, which is good. They don't yeah. need to be. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And so like for the people who, who don't, who just don't know what to search for anymore, do you have any good tips for them in terms of like regular upkeep for their SEO, for their brands? And like, you know, the one thing that they should really focus on um, as they move forward, if they're not hiring out help or someone like you, you know, to, to help them with that? Um, I would, and I have some free trainings on my website about this. I would start to look at what you're already ranking for. Okay. How, how would someone do that? Uh, you can use a free tool that Google has that you can turn on on your website called Google Search Console, and it will tell you yes. every single keyword that anyone has seen you show up in search results for even if they didn't click on your website wow and so they'll tell you how many clicks how many people have seen it what position you're in for that specific keyword um and so if you don't have a ton of bandwidth for new content creation there are things that you can do to make your existing website bring in more traffic 
Um, sometimes it's as simple as changing out that SEO title like we were talking about earlier, and that can help people feel like, oh, I'm actually going to click on that. That's the yeah. thing that I'm looking for. Um, but they don't know that from the generic title that's on there. And if you can be more clear in what shows up in the search results, they're more likely to click on it. So that's like a two-minute change that can help mm -hmm. you both get higher in those search results for a specific term and also have it be more likely that people actually click on it without changing anything on your website. Yeah. And I love, I love Google search console. I've used that a few times. Um, and that's actually come in really handy in terms of like repurposing old blog post content because yes. it'll just, it's a great way to just kind of revamp it. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, I feel like I'm like, I'm a gold star for the day. I know something about us. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you see something in your Google search console and you're like, oh, I didn't know. People. Like I have a client who's an interior designer and she did a blog post about like 10 best paint colors for your living room. And one of the paint colors was Benjamin Moore Swiss coffee. And she gets so much traffic yeah. for Benjamin Moore Swiss coffee that I was like, no, you need to go write a blog post about Swiss coffee. We need Swiss coffee to be the number one option in our 10 best uh, yeah. paint colors. And then I want you to link from the Benjamin or the 10 best paint colors into a blog post about all the different ways you can use this specific paint color. And you know, it can, it can also be a really great way to it, not just improve what's already on your site, but come up with some new ideas. And if in this case, she's already ranking for Swiss coffee. So why not write a dedicated blog post for it where she can rank number one? one instead of number eight, you know? Oh yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. That's so funny. Like how that stuff happens. I, there have been times with posts that I've spent hours on and they don't get any clicks. And then I whip one out of nowhere with like a free <laughs> checklist and it goes gangbusters. Yeah. Like I have, I have a pin on Pinterest right now and it was just like, um, uh, like a 15 steps to create your own podcast kind of thing. And it was really long. That's why it was different. And it was easy to read. And then at the end, I had like a free lead magnet that was just like, if you want the checklist on just a page, so you can check it off. And it's something that like keeps getting downloaded, but I'm not promoting it. Like I pinned it through Tailwind. It keeps repinning. But like, why that? Why not the other stuff? You know, like I'm trying to slowly figure out what my audience is like clinging to. And I guess like podcasts are still pretty up and coming. So maybe that's why I don't know. Like it's just uh, mind blowing this stuff. Part of it might be the boards that it got pinned to. Part of it might yeah. be the, key, the words that you used in the description that are showing up in specific, um, you know, searches, uh, take a look at your tailwind analytics for that and see if it's yeah. more in the loop or in the discovery that people are looking for it and finding it. And that might also help you come up with some ideas. Um, unfortunately, Pinterest doesn't give us the keywords that people are searching for yeah. the way that Google does, unless you run a promoted pin campaign. So if right. it's doing really well, you may want to run a promoted pin campaign, throw 10 bucks at it, 20 bucks at it. And then what it'll do Just is it'll tell see. you, it'll tell you what those keywords words are and then maybe come up with some more content on related cool. topics. That's so interesting. Thank you for that tip. I, that was, I, it's just one of those things where I'm like, oh my God, I just like my focus of my business is not even on podcasting. Like, yeah, I have the podcast and I love it, but holy crap, I didn't spend a decade <laughs> like learning about marketing and PR to like talk about podcasts. But I well, mean, so here's, here's an option for you. If you find yourself in that situation where you are cranking it on something that is tangentially related to what you want to be known for, yeah, that's okay. It happens a lot. Or maybe you have something that you used to talk about a lot and now you're pivoting and you want to be found for something 
something new, it's okay to go back in and update that blog post or that piece of content that's doing yeah. really well and include more details about what you want to be found for. Yeah. So maybe you have this blog post that's here's the 15 steps for how to start a podcast. And then you can have two or three related posts that come off of it, which are how a podcast can help you with your PR and how to pitch mm -hmm. yourself for more podcasts and find other like kind of spider Zones. webs. Yeah. Brilliant. And, and insert those spider web ideas into that post that's doing well to kind of draw people into what you want them mm -hmm. to find you for. And like they can, it's kind of like sell them what they want, give them what they need. And once they get to you, then they can discover that you're an expert in this other thing that maybe they didn't even know that they wanted, but they won't yeah. know that, that they need it and they won't go search for it until they get to your site and they're like, oh, I need that too. Yeah. Oh. That's the, the goal, right? Is to keep them on your site with all that stuff. Cause that helps exactly. that impacts SEO too, right? Like with mm -hmm. your Google search rank and all that. Oh my goodness. I need yeah, to and like, if you have like a post like that, let's say, let's say that you have this post and let's say, I'm not, I don't know so much about Pinterest and how that yeah. all works. That's not my, my area of expertise, but let's say that that podcasting posts were doing really well on Google. And then you did link to another post about uh, the PR of podcasting and how to get yourself onto other people's podcasts to increase the authority of your podcast or something like that. Mm -hmm. Then because that first 15 part post is doing well on Google, if you link to a new post, some of that authority from the first post will kind of leak into the second post and it'll be ah. easier for that one to rank. So there's a, there's a lot of like kind of I don't even want to call it hacking because I hate that word. But yeah. there are ways that you can use your existing content and existing authority to make your new content better and, yeah. and, and keep it alive faster. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. So all this stuff is, it's great information. Um, as I'm sure my listeners can tell, it gets very overwhelming very yeah. quickly. So speaking of checklists, do you have any sort of resources to help keep us on track that we should know about. You mentioned free trainings. Do you have any, anything to help us on our SEO journey? Yeah. So if you are listening to this podcast live, um, I'm going to encourage you to come over and join my 30 day challenge. So today's October 1st. It starts today. It is called SE October. And so I release one new video every weekday in October to help you out with this. And we'll be talking about a lot of these same things we talked about on this episode, which is like, how do you figure out who your audience is and what are the words that they're using? And I'll show you the tools that we are able to use. They're all free tools. It's a free challenge. So come on over and join that. If you are not listening to this live, it's okay. You can come on over to my website, loveitfirstsearch.com slash start, and you can just download my free starter kit. And that will give you a pretty good overview of a lot of things we discussed here about getting started with SEO. Um, but it's also built with a bunch of Mad Libs and memes and flow charts and things that make it not just this boring technical text, but something that you can really follow along with and implement pretty quickly. So uh, awesome. we'll put the, both those links in the show notes, huh? Yes. Oh, yes, I will. I'll be putting all the things in the show notes because that impacts my SEO too, probably. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, show notes, and, and this is something else to talk about, is like when whatever kind of content you're creating, I said very early on, Google can't listen to podcasts, but it can read your show notes. Google mm. can't watch your YouTube videos, but it can read your YouTube descriptions. Um, and YouTube, same thing. It's the same, same technology, right? Approximately. One owns mm. the other. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, and if you take a YouTube video and you put it on your website and you include information about that video, Google's going to really like that because Google owns YouTube. So there are ways that whatever content you're creating can help you get found. Um, it doesn't have to be blogging. It doesn't have to be written just because that's what the primary way is that Google consumes content. Show notes can help video descriptions can be found. Anything that you're writing can be found. But since we're talking to a lot of makers and artists, I also mm. want to say, talk about what's in your pictures. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so much is focused, focuses on like Instagram photos and videos, which no one, no Google search can read, right? Mm -hmm. Like explain the details. Exactly. Put it That's on your so website, brilliant. explain what's in the picture, use what's called alt text of your picture. So that way you can say, this is what's in this picture. Explain it as if, and, and a lot of times alt text is what will show up if people are visually impaired and using some sort mm -hmm. of uh, accessibility setting on their browser. So explain what's in the picture as if you cannot see the picture. Brilliant. That will help a lot of people for mm -hmm. sure. And I feel like that's, yeah, like for someone like me too, or, you know, other service providers, I feel like that's important too with my pictures, right? It's like, it's just describe what's in it. And that's, yeah. it's not going to hurt, so, right? Yeah. If you have like a stock image, you don't need to worry too much about describing like, mm. this is a woman reading a book in front of a sunrise, <laughs> right? Like someone else can be found for that because it's their stock image. Gotcha. But what you can do is if you have a Pinterest image or something that you created or a headshot or something that feels proprietarily yours, spend some time on optimizing that because Google has an image search function. Right. Brilliant. And um, guys, what I would love to get across to you here too, and Meg, please correct me if I'm wrong, but the beauty of SEO is that you do not have to be married to your social media accounts in order to get found. Oh, and preach. <laughs> like I need people to understand this because the amount of people that come to me who are like, I need more Instagram followers. <laughs> it's just like unbelievable. And I'm, I mean, I get parts of it you know it's like a vanity thing whatever whatever it is but the quality is in search engine optimization like those search searches are what matter most right um <laughs> i as the seo person i will say yes but i will give this caveat which is that when you're creating content on social media which is still a really important way to reach your audience. I'm not totally to downplay the importance of social and in, in engaging with people, but it's temporary. Mm -hmm. And when you're putting up, especially if you're spending like hours and hours on your Instagram stories and it's literally built to disappear in 24 hours. Yeah. Right? Uh -huh. and how often do people really go through and watch the highlights? Nobody oh, does that. God. Okay. So take the three, if you're spending hours and hours on your Insta stories, what I would recommend that you do is create a piece of content that is in a more authoritative format. So mm -hmm. I say podcast, a blog post, a video. Even if you take that same video, put it on YouTube and then rebroadcast it to IGTV or upload it as an Insta story or something along those lines and let people search for it on YouTube forever. Yes. And then repurpose it into your social. But if you're creating temporary content, that's going to give you temporary results. Mm-hmm. And if you're creating evergreen content, which is to say things that can be searched for and found indefinitely, then you only have to create it once. And it's kind of like when you put a deposit into the bank and it starts to generate interest. Mm. 
that the makes more sense. that you create, if, whether that's, you know, adding to your YouTube channel or building up your podcast archives or whatever that is for you, I'm not saying you have to only blog, whatever content you're creating, get it on your website. Mm -hmm. please. And then you can take excerpts of it and you can share it out and repurpose it. Or if you have a blog post, you can import it into medium and you can send things out to your email list, but start from the place that you own. Yes. Yes. Please. Definitely. Thank you for saying that. That's something that I try to get across to as many people as I can. Like you do not own social media, you know, like be in your space and own your space and build your empire there. That's and if you feel incredible. like you want to have something that you can track, that you can hang your hat on. And you just said, you know, a lot of people say like, I need more Instagram followers. Okay. Mm -hmm look at your website and check out how many people are signing up for your email list. How many people are filling out your lead capture form? How many people are buying from you? These mm -hmm. are metrics that will actually impact your bottom line. Whereas lots of people can look at your beautiful Instagram images and never spend a cent on it. Right. Exactly. Yep. So true. That's incredibly helpful. Um, bloomers. I'm all about yeah. having people spend time on marketing that makes you money back. Yes. You oh. not pay your rent and likes, please. Yes. Oh my gosh. We are totally the same. I'm like, this will be a great episode. And now here I am being proven correct. My goodness. You are, <laughs> you are fantastic. So before I go, I always like to ask at the end, um, what keeps my guests going? So like, what is that thing that just motivates you so much to keep doing what you love and showing up every day? We didn't really talk about this that much, but like uh, I have a, a master's degree in community economic development. Whoa. I, yeah, I have a lot of um, <laughs> like academic research in uh, women's financial freedom. Okay. Um, and so what really motivates me is the idea that if we can create these long-term marketing systems mm -hmm. that help women work less and make more money, then that will lead to overall better communities. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a little cerebral, it's a little nerdy, but when we think about if women don't have to work as hard and they can spend more time with their kids or they can volunteer in schools or they can put money aside for their 401ks and they don't have to be constantly grinding and grinding and grinding, like research shows that if women have money, communities improve. Mm -hmm. And that to me is what guides me is like so many of us, and. <laughs> I'm going to get a little bit of a soapbox here. I love it. Yeah. Is like we left the corporate world and became our own bosses because the corporate world was not built for us. It was mm -hmm. not built for these Hot nine to five reach. lives. Yeah. I like, I started Oof. my business. I quit my corporate job on a Friday and found that I was pregnant on a Monday. Like, because, oh my God. <laughs> because I knew that this job was just, even before I knew I was pregnant, we, you know, we were trying and I was yeah. like, I don't want to be like at my desk from seven to 6 PM and miss the entirety of my child's life because there was no flexibility in that job. Mm -hmm. And so finding these ways to have your work fit into your life instead of the opposite is really important to me. And then also making it so that way your work 
can fund your life instead yeah. of being the only thing that you have time to do, especially with social media being something yeah. that you have to be, once that becomes your only marketing method, then you have to be attached to it and constantly responding to it. And I want to just like let people turn off their phones for a week and come back to an inbox of leads and oh my God. be okay with it. I will shift <laughs> my phone to you. <laughs> Get it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my well, god. It takes more time on the front end to create this engine, right? Yeah. But once the engine's going, it can be hard to slow down. Yeah. Um, you're you are so brilliant. I I have for the last months been wanting to hire and feeling the need to hire like a virtual assistant or a social media manager. And now that we've talked, I'm like, I think I need to just hire Meg. Like <laughs> this is the thing that I'm not focusing enough attention on. And it's definitely something that I know I need to relook at, but you know, all those other things come up all the time that feel so important, which is, you know, the day-to-day -day stuff, the day-to-day -day stepping into the spotlight, like being on social media, but there's so much other stuff that is probably more important and more impactful that we should be spending our time on. So thank you for, for dropping that. You know, the Stephen Covey four quadrants, yes. right? Where it's like things can be urgent and important or, yes. you know, like in, in the, the different ways that that can be laid out. Mm -hmm. SEO is important, but not urgent. Interesting. And things like um, social media where people are pinging you all the time and you have to respond to them or email, that's urgent, but maybe not important. Mm. We needed to <laughs> right? hear that. We needed it. Bring it, girl. Oh, and God. so we can step out of the day to day even a little bit and come up with more of a long term strategy. Then we'll have this important work done. But we have to make it urgent to ourselves mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because otherwise, SEO is a can that gets kicked down the road for years and years. And it's one of those things that the the more you delay on it, the more you kind of miss out on it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. You are incredible. I think I've said it a hundred times. Now. <laughs> and I've appreciated it every time. <laughs> awesome. Well, Meg, thank you so much for coming on the Brandon Bloom podcast. You are incredible. There it is again. <laughs> well, it was my pleasure. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been really fun. Yeah. Thanks. And guys, I will have all of the resources that Meg uh, recommended in the show notes along with her resource, SC October. And definitely I encourage you to get on that list and do that challenge. I know I'll be in there doing the challenge as a refresher for myself, going back through your courses and whatnot. So awesome. Well, Bloomers, thank you for listening. As always, remember that you've got this and I've got you. Now go out there and step boldly boldly as hell into that spotlight. Did that go by too fast? No worries. You can always find me over at elizabethfleming.com. That's E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H-F-L-E-M-I-N-G.com for more information about my programs and how to take your learning further with me. There's also a free marketing checklist that you can get your hands on right now if you'd like. So head over to elizabethfleming.com for more. And if you loved this episode, I would love it if you left a review in return. It helps so much. So tell your friends about it. If you want to share it on social, the official show hashtag is Brandon Bloom Pod. And you can also tag me everywhere. I'm at Ms. Liz Fleming. That's M-S-L-I-Z-F-L-E-M-I-N-G. Everywhere on social media. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.